All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here on the JK podcast. Uh, what up? How's it going, guys? Well, it uh, again, uh, I think we kind of were off for a week as some things happened. We won't get too personal. Uh, I mean, if you already know me personally, you already know what's been going on. So, you know, we didn't uh, get a chance to do an episode last week uh, and whatnot uh, to do some uh, unexpected traveling, but uh, that's uh. In the past now, and uh, we're here doing um, some turnbuckle talk this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes things happen, no big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we're back, and that's all that matters. Yeah, so we're, we'll do, a, like I said, a little turnbuckle talk discussion here. Uh, I think the first one uh, I want to uh, kind of tackle or take on here, however you want to word it, is uh, something with Daniel Bryant and Brie Bella. So you want to push this out right at the beginning. <laughs> Might as well, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, uh, just cut to the chase here, uh, um, Brie, uh, giving birth to uh, their first child. Yes, a little baby girl. Uh, is a girl. And, uh, so far you might be thinking, okay, well, this, you know, nothing really out of the ordinary here, but we haven't gotten to the name yet. And uh, that is the reason why we're kind of bringing this up, because Daniel Bryant and uh, Brie Bell, of course, that's their in-ring names, but, uh, choosing to name... Their child, the first name for their uh, new child is Birdie. <laughs> yes, yes, people, you heard that correct. <laughs> Daniel Bryan <sighs> and Brie Bella had a baby, a baby girl, and mm. named their baby girl Birdie. Tweet, tweet, Birdie. So yes. my, my first reaction to that is, uh, what? Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who? Where? Huh? <laughs> Yeah. It, it just, I know it's kind of like a staple for uh, celebrities to kind of, you know, pick weird names for their kids, but I mean, Birdie? Yeah, that's very, very odd. I don't know, I just, I don't know, like, why? <laughs> when you have like, you know, human kind of style first names, like, you know, like Joe, like Carl, like uh, Steven, like, you know, or for girls, you have like Anne, you have... Uh, you know, uh, Julie and like, Brenda. Brenda, yeah. Instead of Birdie. But Birdie, like, it's just, it's not something that you name a person. Now, I do have to say that the middle name for this little girl mm. is, is a, a, you know, a human name. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it spelt this way before. Okay. For a female. Yeah. The middle name is Joe. Yeah. J-O-E. Whoops, that's not right. Joe. That's my first name. That is your first well, name. Well, the shortened the sh- version of my yeah. first name. Uh, yeah, usually when a girl's name is Joe, it's just they, they leave out the O part. Or the, J-O. the, the, the uh, E part. So it's usually J-O. J-O. Yeah. Yep. So some... Uh, I don't know. It's Is it being done on purpose to kind of, you know... I just... I don't know. You know what? I, I contacted um, Daniel Bryan um, or yeah. Brian Danielson. You contacted um, him personally? Yeah, I contacted him personally and I what? said, dude, listen, um, I love you and you love me. But what the hell? And Big Joe and I are going to need something to talk about after the baby is born. <laughs> so what can you give me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I don't know what we can do. He's like, but let me tell you, something big is going to come. And I'm like, okay. I said, now this big thing that's going to come. I said, is it going to have to do with the baby's name? And he goes, I don't know, maybe. And I'm like, well, remember Carl Carafel and Big Joe. And now I think the problem is, is that I was trying to get my name somewhere in there. And he remembered Big Joe. 
and they put Joe in there. Daniel Bryan, how dare you? I know, right? How dare you? Oh, I just don't get it. You know, when uh, with those wacky names, but uh, you know, uh, you know what it is what it is. That's uh, their child. They can do as they wish, but uh, not my first choice for a first name. No, it definitely but, wouldn't be mine either. I know. You know, just it's, it seems like you're. You know, when there's weird names like that, just you know, feels like you're 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 setting yourself up for uh, for failure or for you know being at the very least teased. Uh, like crazy when you're in school. Definitely. Right? So. I mean, I my children, I mean, one of them, my oldest, has a weird-ish name, I guess. It's becoming a little bit more popular, but his name is spelt X-A-V-I-E-R. Xavier's which, an awesome name, by the but way. That's, oh, I know it is, but that's not how it's actually pronounced. It's oh. actually pronounced Xavier. Hmm. Whereas I was like, no, 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 you're going to be known as Xavier. Right. Right. So, were you thinking so, X Men at the time? I, I wasn't actually. No. No. Surprising, because I mean that that's immediately you know pops into my head. You know when I, when I heard uh, what his name was going to be, I was like, I think Carl's reading some comic books that day. <laughs> no, no, actually, it wasn't. Um, Surprisingly, for him, not, my first my first choice was actually Hunter. Yeah, I'm just yes. surprised that you didn't pick like a like a wrestling name. Well, his uh, two middle names are. Yeah. Yeah. His full name is Xavier Hunter Austin. Wow. I stand corrected. Yes. There's some wrestling names in there. There is. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, since we've done a Turnbuckle Talk, I mean, have did we do a... Have we done a Turnbuckle Talk since WrestleMania? I don't think so. I believe we have. We have? Okay. I mean, it, it's... Uh, how would you say that, uh, you know, WWE is kind of going right now, being post-WrestleMania? I like SmackDown. SmackDown? What's... What about Raw? What, is there something turning you off of Raw? I like SmackDown. Yeah, you just you're just not digging Raw at all, right? There's one part of Raw that I'm really enjoying. Yep. Um, but other than that, I like SmackDown. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. You're just not uh, just like the 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 wrestlers over in Smack or on on Raw. Just you're not feeling. I don't know. I, I still think that it's just a a matter of, um, it's too long. Three hours still, yeah. I feel, is just way too long of a show. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got to be up early in the morning to go to work, stuff like that. So, I mean, 10 o'clock is, is okay. That's a good time of the night. Mm-hmm. But to go beyond that, I'm starting to, to get tired. I'm starting not to, uh, you know, fully comprehend what's going on or what's happening. Yeah. So it makes it hard. I have to go back and I have to replay it afterwards to kind of catch the last hour. Three hours, I think, is just too long. Uh, you know, especially for me, from, from my kind of standpoint here, I mean, me working... Uh... Uh, you know, my day job a little bit of a later ending time for for my sh- uh, shift. I end at you know eleven p.m. You know, to then come home and then to be like, okay, so now I want to sit down and watch a three hour wrestling show. Not gonna happen. No. You know, I would rather you know go watch an hour long episode of NXT. You know, and, right? And, and get you know three or four really good matches in there instead of you know three hours of watered down stuff. It's true, you know. I just I find I get I get more entertainment value out of, of especially that NXT show. I'm kind of getting back into it with matches like you know like Tyler Bate and uh, Jack Gallagher and uh, and whatnot. To, you know, just uh, just good stuff there. You know that match in particular, uh, just kind of going back and then you know catching up on the NXT stuff. And that that match was something that really kind of stood out to me. It was uh, you know very different from what we're kind of used to seeing. 
Oh, very much so it was different. Right, so. Uh, just because it's totally different style and totally different mm-hmm. mindset of wrestling from uh, guys that were over in the UK to coming over to North America. And it, it's exactly the same as if it was, you know, guys from Mexico coming or guys from Japan yep. coming. I mean, everywhere really has their own type of style when it comes to professional mm-hmm. wrestling. Um, the UK and the UK Classic that happened, probably some of the best matches mm-hmm. I have seen yes. in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So... And some big names, you know, coming out of that, uh, you know, not involved in the uh, in the actual tournament itself, but uh, you know, uh, from there was Tommy and uh, Alistair Black. Yes, I mean that guy making a huge impact. And, and you know, kind of looking at that, you know, what's really really shocking about uh, what that guy is that uh, you know, looking at the size of him, you wouldn't think so, but he falls into the cruiserweight category. He, I know he does. He's two hundred weird pounds. He is re- like really tall and really kind of lean. Looks like a heavyweight, but he is only two hundred five pounds. He hits like it's, a heavyweight. No kidding, and um, but yeah, going back to uh, you know Bate and uh, Jack Gallagher. I mean, uh, putting on just like a an old school kind of wrestling clinic, which was surprising because both guys are really young. I mean, uh, Bate, you know, youngest uh, you know champion that I'm aware of. He was 19 when he became the UK uh, champion. He's 20 now. Uh, Jack Gallagher, that was probably in his late 20s, maybe early 30s at the most. You know, so it was really interesting and really cool. To see that old style kind of wrestling coming from two guys who are you know, inexperienced isn't uh, the proper uh, term to use there, but just you know, just very new in the business to put on like an old school thing like that I thought was so interesting and so cool. One hundred percent enjoyed is. that. I mean, yeah, I mean, you really can't go wrong when it comes to watching any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you can't. Yeah. And I mean, just just to kind of go kind of along with what you were saying there about about age and stuff like that. Um, Pete Dunn is actually only 23. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're looking at a 19 year old and a 23 year old that are working for the WWE, whether it be over in the UK or whether it be on NXT. Um, just great for these guys. I mean, not really having a ton, I guess, of experience because they've, because of how young that they are, but like, Kudos to them. Just mm-hmm. good for them. And be to be able to put on that well of a show shows that they have the experience or that they have the, um, what would you even call it? The talents. Just the, the pure raw talent yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, and just in the in-ring stuff and you know, character-wise, you know, that stuff can be kind of developed over time. Uh, with P. Dunn, I mean, that's not really a factor. You know, he's got you know, both aspects there. And what's, I think, uh, important about that, too, uh, you know, with these guys, you know, being so young, is that, you know, a lot of the, the mainstays on the, the main rosters, getting up there in age, and even, you know, some of the ones that are new to WWE uh, are climbing up there in age. You know, even yeah. AJ, Shinsuke Nakamura, and these guys, you know, not uh, spring chickens anymore. No, 100% they're not, but... Age really is just a number in the professional wrestling business. Yeah, this is true, you know, but, you know, to a certain extent. You're right. I mean, you're not going to see, you know, an 85-year-old still kind of in there putting on the same quality of matches. Mm -hmm. But these guys are out there training every day. They're at the gym. They're keeping themselves in shape, keeping their cardio up to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to that, guys like AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura... You know, and some of these these older guys that, uh, quote-unquote, older guys that are in there now, 
they can still do it. They can still work because of the fitness that they put into every day. That is very, very true. Now, uh, another thing I want to kind of mention is the um, WWE's... um, They've been over in the UK and uh, over in Europe there recently. Mm-hmm. And I'll uh, play a little clip here, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, more about these guys. Uh, you know, uh, since doing um, our last Turnbuckle Talk, and, you know, since uh, WrestleMania, these guys have, uh, you know, really been, I think probably the way I kind of worded it the last time I, I mentioned this, really kind of the it thing in professional wrestling now, and it's, you know, still uh, carrying on pretty good. And I'll play a little uh, clip here, and then we'll uh, we'll talk briefly about these guys. So uh, to kind of lead into this, uh, it's about the Hardys. They were out, WWE was over in France recently, and this is them uh, just talking about uh, you know, their, their experience uh, putting on a live show for the uh, for the fans over in France. So here we go. I don't know about you, but tonight is what became a professional wrestling. A crowd like that is what it's all about. Yeah, I, I have to give it to all the people in Lille. Tonight was the loudest crowd of the European tour thus far, and that's no exaggeration, no lies, just the truth. And they were chanting Hardy, they were going crazy. I mean, they were red hot every second of the way, every moment. And uh, when we uh, ended up getting our hands on Cesaro and Chambers, they were very happy, you know. Uh, a huge, uh, swan ton, terrific thank you. I mean, it don't, it don't get any better. Merci beaucoup. There you go, uh, the Hardys uh, talking about their experience over in France, and Matt saying merci beaucoup to the uh, the other uh, French fans over there. So uh, these guys, you know, uh, making quite the impact. It's coming uh, uh, over from uh, you know TNA and Ring of Water over to uh, WWE with that uh, entrance in WrestleMania, which I am still, you know, have watched it. I don't know how many times now, and it still makes the hair stand up in the back of my neck, and I still mark out to that pretty hard, you know. Um, now going on with that, you know, especially with the reaction, you know, the way that the fans were reacting and, and still kind of going with this, uh, you know, with the whole delete and uh, you know broken uh, thing. Do you think that uh, WWE should hold off on uh, incorporating that uh, into their character, or should they do it right away, or maybe just not at all? I mean, What's it's all gonna that? come down to legal stands, right? So, I mean, there's still the fight that's going on and stuff <laughs> like that, right? But. When things kind of settle from that, I think it should be right away. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the stuff that I've seen, I haven't seen the actual numbers on if uh, WWE wants to actually buy that uh, part of that open. Is very, very, it would be a very, very small amount of money. If the WWE actually want to purchase, you know, fall on the rights for that, you know, or they can pay royalties, it's a very, very small amount from what I've seen. I, I, I don't remember what the exact amount is, but it's something WWE could easily afford, and they've already. Um, you know, consider that as a possibility if they want to do that. Now, who are they saying owns it? Uh, it would have been, uh, was it Anthem Sports? But or how? TNA? I don't, okay. From what I've seen. They're claiming that they own the That's right. right. They're only claiming that yeah. they own it. Yeah. And that's where the battle is coming in mm-hmm. because they're claiming that they yeah. actually own the rights to that. Right. Um, Matt Hardy is claiming that mm-hmm. he did that. He owns the rights to that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's where the legal battle's coming in, right? Mm-hmm. It really has nothing to do with the WWE in that type of respect. Right. It's Matt Hardy and Anthem Sports mm-hmm. that's having the mm-hmm. debate back and forth, right? And like I've said with, with the, the WWE side of it, to, you know, then them saying that, you know, when they pull the trigger, I want to use that character. I mean, it'll just happen, though. They'll just say, you know, what's it going to cost? Okay, we're just going to we'll just buy it out. You know, the, the financial part of that isn't going to be any kind of factor, according to WWE. 
So it's just going to be a matter of when and if they decide to pull the trigger on incorporating that into their character. True, but I don't understand where this uh, cost factor is going to come in. There shouldn't be any type of cost factor at all. No. No royalty, nothing like that. I mean, the only one that, that they would have to pay anything to, in, in depending on what happens, mm-hmm. should really only have to be Matt Hardy. Because yeah. I'm still on the standpoint that Matt Hardy owns that. Mm-hmm. Anthem doesn't own anything of it. Yeah. Because they were going through and um, like things were... Things were in a very big battle. Uh, I we don't even want to say battle, but there was just big things that were going on. Anthem Sports was losing out, and they were, you know, looking at selling and stuff like that, right? Selling the impact in TNA and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we were looking from Panda Energy to Anthem Sports. There's this lull in between, and that lull in between is when Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy kind of stepped up and, and said, you know what, we're going to start funding some of this stuff. We're going to start helping. They're the ones that said, come and use our, our place. This is going to help cut down costs. Then we can pay people. And this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And he came up with the whole gimmick of, you know, broken Matt Hardy and uh, Vanguard and, and, you know, Brother Nero and all of this stuff that's happened. Yep. Right? So in my opinion, Matt Hardy owns it all. And then once this finally gets finished and done, then we can see Broken Matt Hardy come in. Yeah. Yep. You know, it'll just be a matter of time when it comes to to that aspect of that. Uh, like I said, you know, um, it's I'll, I'll look into it more and see, you know, who really, you know, has ownership of this because it, it really does seem, you know, from what I've seen, see conflicting information across the board here. So okay. something that I'll look into, and you know, the next time we do turnbuckle talk, we'll uh, kind of go more uh, into it. And um, yeah, so uh, something else I want to kind of mention that uh, something that caught my eye while I'm kind of uh, getting ready to uh, uh, do our podcast here today. Uh, Kind of beating a dead horse a little bit here, but uh, we'll uh, I think we'll mention it anyways. And uh, this involves, uh, uh, of course, Mr. Roman Reigns and uh, a you know a mainstay for in professional wrestling. I know for a good portion of the time that you know we've uh, you know been watching professional wrestling is Mr. Jim Ross. Yes, uh, you know commentator alongside Jerry the King Lawler for many of our favorite uh, matches and moments in uh, wrestling. Um, saying that uh, Mr. Roman Reigns is a work in progress, quote unquote. Hmm. And him uh, specifically saying that, uh, so, uh, well, let me look into this here. So, Reigns is a work in progress, and I am not concerned whether he is a fan favorite or villain. I like his work, and his TV persona will continue to evolve. I hope not. <laughs> Just from, from what we've seen, and I mean, it is a dead horse that we're beating here. I mean, oh, yes. we've talked about this many, 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 many times. Mm-hmm. It, it just it doesn't seem like it's anything that's really going to work. They've they've almost exhausted absolutely every available option, mm-hmm. and it still hasn't worked. You know, and just when we think that they've run out of things, you know, they they seem to to kind of pull something out of nowhere. You know, and most recently this thing with Braun Strowman. Uh, you know, my example, just another example of something that's still not working for him. Mr. Jim no, Ross. because we've, we've ta- they've now taken Braun Strowman, and he's a good guy now. Oh. People love him. People are screaming, thank you, so, Strowman. So it's backfired. It's done the exact opposite of what they've been hoping exactly. for. Exactly. Right? You know, so, you know, 
going along with this, you know, with what I just said with uh, Jim Ross, I mean, been around the business for a long time, has a very, very good mind for the business. What is he seeing that we're apparently missing? If, if he feels so, so confident, are, are we maybe, you know, not looking at things the right way or is it, or is, is, or is Mr. Jim Ross incorrect? Um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Well, exactly. You know, we don't want to say anything uh, bad about Mr. Jim Ross. I mean, uh, but you know, or people maybe just uh, you know putting the blinders on and just saying, "Oh no, no, eventually he'll be okay. He'll be okay. He'll be okay." Well, know? I mean, it's very possible that that's what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I don't want to you know say anything bad or speculate on kind of what Jim Ross is saying or what he's what he's feeling, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I think it's something that has just been done too much and it's mm-hmm. it's now it's it's a matter of not going to work yeah uh, to briefly touch on something else because uh, uh mr jim ross did mention something else um please tell me it's that bottom way. portion that you're talking about yeah it absolutely thank is. you uh talk about mr billy corgan who is uh a brief stint uh, with tna and uh i guess you know kind of up for debate you know what he uh did over there whether it was good or not. Uh, I mean, that's something that uh, I'm sure can be uh, discussed at great uh, detail and uh, for a long time. But uh, on him uh, buying the National Wrestling Alliance. Yes. Uh, Billy is a friend, and I hope that he maximizes his investment. I am still not sure what he bought or what his long-term plans are for the NWA company, but I am pulling for Billy and the company. Now, is the National Wrestling Alliance, number one, is it something that's even relevant anymore? Sure it is. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, the NWA still has uh, what's, what's called the territories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, really, it's it's a bunch of little areas that are still underneath the, the NWA branch and the NWA name. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with this. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, and could you know something potentially grow into something more with this? You know, to you know, maybe you know get away from uh, you know that old school approach of territories, or could that be something that you know, he could help bring back and, and make that something relevant too? I think it's very possible he could. You know, so but I think I think that he would need some help with him. You know, it's not something that he can just do all on his own because, at, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, discussing him before. He is a musician turned wrestling promoter, so not necessarily, you know, in my opinion, you know, the best thing there. Tell me, my personal if you had the option to be able to purchase the NWA, would you do it? The NWA, you know, that that would be tough. Well, let's say TNA, 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 or the NWA. If you had the option to be able to do that, would you do it? If I if I had to pick, I would pick TNA. Well, I don't care which one you pick. Just mm-hmm. would you do it? Yeah, uh, but I I would you know specifically lean towards TNA because the um, you know the fan responses there like even uh, you know again bringing up you know Matt and Jeff coming back at WrestleMania the entire crowd already in on the delete thing right okay. so so you know them they're very aware of the the, the TNA product the NWA maybe not so much now not anymore now I'm not talking about you as Billy Corgan I'm talking about you as you mm-hmm. okay yeah. I mean, so it, that last statement that you had, yeah, you know, I, I would, you know, about Billy Corgan just being a musician, yeah, right. You're a podcaster, yeah. But I'm saying, you know, if I was a wrestling promoter, uh, I would consider, it. you know, me j- just being a wrestling podcaster, I would not take on that role because no? I don't have the experience. 
You know, and I would be afraid to, you know, lessen that product. Okay. Yeah. I'd do it. Yeah. I would feel only if I felt like I, I could really, you know, do it justice, you know, and I would have to, you know, have some of the right people around me as well. I wouldn't want to take it all on myself. Right. So you'd have to scout some talent uh, to help uh, promote that and to make it into something. Because I think if you try and take it all on yourself, you know, you uh, run the risk of doing uh, what happened with Paul Heyman and ECW. Very true, and I don't think that Billy Corgan is going to go about this all on his own. Mm -hmm. I mean, he always had, you know, his guys that he could talk to and stuff like that when he was working with Impact Wrestling, Uh, and I think it's going to be the exact same thing here. He's not going to be shutting anybody out. I think he's just going to, he came in, he purchased the NWA or the NWA name, Mm -hmm. and I think he's just going to be able to take that and be able to fund a little bit more and maybe bring the NWA name back up to, you know, a standard that it should be mm-hmm. we, we shall see i mean the uh nwa definitely has a long uh history you know in it the does. business you know in my opinion you know even just the, the title belt itself is, is something that's just uh you know for the uh long-term wrestling fan it's something that, you know that's pretty fun in most people's heads so i mean just the, the look of that title i mean it's uh pretty iconic right so which i mean i still want one so if Mm -hmm. if you know any of our listeners are able to you know send us one for the studio Mm -hmm. um i would definitely accept it because i would uh i would cherish that forever Mm -hmm. that is a very important piece of wrestling history in more ways than one that's something that you we might uh discuss as uh, something to maybe look at through the history of the nwa titles i know some of the Biggest names in the industry have held that title. Oh, yeah. And uh, have gone through that uh, organization. So um, I think something else that we uh, you know definitely need to mention, uh, I think it's very, very relevant right now, and uh, that is uh, WWE pushing it or, uh, you know, and really putting a lot of stuff behind um, wrestlers from uh, the Middle Eastern part of the world, you know, namely Jinder Mahal and the uh, formerly the uh, Bollywood boys, the Singh Brothers. Uh, that seems to be a big thing right now, you know, Vince and uh, WWE pushing, you know, the Middle Eastern talent. And what is the reasoning behind that, do you think? You you have a strange look on your face. Yeah, because it's only, like, one person. Mm-hmm. Well, it's three people. Well, one person with yeah. two little well, lackeys. But I mean, really, we're pushing them pretty hard, though. I wouldn't say they're pushing them really hard. Well, world gave title him, shot. Gave him a world title shot opportunity the because the guy worked for it. That's about the biggest push you can get is a world title shot. Sure, but the guy worked for it. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it's something he's done on his own? Or you know, has the company really been behind the push? I, You know, the company always is going to be behind the push no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Right? No matter who it is. But I don't think there's this big, huge thing happening with Middle Eastern people now. It's just... It's one guy who's yeah. been given an opportunity. The, Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. it was the same thing when he was in NXT. Yeah. There wasn't this huge Japan thing happening. It was oh. just Shinsuke Nakamura. Could this be with their you know upcoming you know, Middle Eastern kind of uh, tour that they're doing? Could that be the reason why they, they want to have him be the champ? It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. W- will he become the champ? Mm, who knows? If That's they, to be seen, but if they do, I I really see it. You know, you and I were kind of discussing this uh, being a very short term thing. You know, him being the champion and then, you know, dropping it immediately. Yeah, like next night immediately. Yeah. And, I, and I, it's that's something that I've I've always not been a fan of. You know, most recently, I think it would have been with what uh, Zack Ryder in the uh, Intercontinental Title. Yep. You know, winning it and then literally the next night, 
gone. gone. You know, it's yeah. I mean, they they had their moment there, but it, with it being short, so short lived. I mean, it's just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Anyways, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I know the um, that match with Randy Orton is going to happen at uh, uh, the upcoming pay per view. So. Yes, it is. What uh, happens? Um, personally, I think that they'll probably put it on uh, Jinder Mahal, and then uh, you know they'll probably do the usual thing of um, have him be a champ for a very short stint and then gone. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so right now, somebody else that we want to talk about. You kind of hinted at him, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, right now doing a thing with uh, with uh, Dolph Ziggler, and it looks like uh, once that has kind of run its course, that uh, Kevin Owens might be. Uh, uh, the next one to kind of uh, work with uh, Shinsuke for a little while. But that could be interesting. Yeah, it very well could be. Because they never really uh, they didn't have a chance to work at NXT at all because they were kind of there during different periods, right? So, yep. So that could be uh, very interesting as well, something that uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing. So I don't know about you on that one, but... Uh, eh. Not eh. Not which, which one are you not uh, digging, Kevin Owens or Nakamura? I don't know. It's just either one of them right now. Really? I mean, I, I, Shinsuke is great, mm-hmm. and so is Kevin Owens, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's, like, no lead-up, no nothing to any of this, and mm-hmm. it just feels like they're just taking big names that they have right now that are popular and throwing them into whatever together, and, like, there's there's nothing there for me to grab onto. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah... I would definitely agree with you a little bit there, you know, and, uh, yeah, just not really building much for storylines right now. I mean, uh, after WrestleMania, maybe they kind of tapped themselves out a little, a little bit, you know, that could be the case. Yeah. Uh, I don't know They they could have, but mm-hmm. I mean, like you have to really like, you have to work on this stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to have that, this, this storyline. You know, I think it was either you and I or me and, um, you know, somebody else that, that were talking about, you know, having to do storyline stuff and how, you know, they're looking at going from, you know, one person to another person, like, right away, like, the same night or next night or something. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I like it. I like there to be a buildup towards this stuff, right? Like, I mean, for... Kevin Owens and Shinsuke Nakamura, like they they really need to do something now mm-hmm. to be able to start, you know, building towards this. And then if you know Kevin Owens drops the U.S. title to whoever, right? Then then we've got a transition period, and we have a reason why, and we have the who, and we have the how, mm-hmm. and we have the what for, yep. and then it's right there instead of just all of a sudden. And now this is happening, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it, it makes it feel very kind of thrown together at the last minute type of a thing. It does. It very so, much so does. So, yeah. Uh, remains to be seen, you know, how that kind of stuff unfolds. Um, you know, I've been watching a lot of NXT lately. And, uh, you know, right now the champion over there, Mr. Bobby Roode, I know that uh, you're a big uh, fan of his. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, being the main heel over there and the NXT champion. Uh, with that new title, which is uh, pretty amazing looking, by the way. In case you haven't seen it, uh, do yourself a favor and go check it out on the internet. Um, and you can uh, see how uh, you know they've changed the design of that. Uh, quite a change from what they had originally there. Now, um, now looking at the, the, the roster over at NXT, it's very uh, heavy on former Ring of Honor stars. 
Yeah, it does seem to seem that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Roderick Strong and, and you know some of these guys. You know, that have spent time over there. Um, like who else? You I'm said trying, it's strong. I, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of some off of hand now, but I mean, it's more impact wrestling strong. Uh, yes, I would agree. Probably uh, yeah. a little bit more than that. You know, but a lot of those guys, you know, uh, spending some time in Ring of Honor as well. You know, um, with Bobby Roode now specifically, do you think that they should keep going with him in NXT, or should they consider moving him up soon? That's that's a tough question. I would like to see him come to the main roster. Mm-hmm. If there is plans in place for him, yeah. um, if there are no plans in place, then no, keep him down in NXT. Keep him as the um, NXT heavyweight champion because he's doing a f- great job down there. He's mm-hmm. able to teach these younger guys that are coming up how things should be done. He's a very I don't, I don't I don't know how to say it. He's he's very well versed in the backstage dealings um not in production wise but in like professional wrestler to other professional wrestler kind of I I I don't know the words. I'm I'm trying to think of the words here. It's etiquette. That's that's probably the best word that I can use is his backstage etiquette is probably far superior to anyone else's so where do you want these guys to learn about the backstage etiquette before moving up to the main roster they need to learn it down in nxt yeah and bobby Roode is probably the best one to be able to do that i would definitely agree you know and you know you mentioned that now yeah definitely i would agree you know with uh, him uh, you know being strong in that aspect of you know important place to have somebody like that so that these upcoming people can you know gain that characteristic as well right otherwise you get up with people like uh simon gotch specifically uh who's you know, the opposite that's somebody who was a very uh you know angry kind of person backstage and you know and you know not uh, being very professional when it comes to, to that part of it so you know you can end up with something like that true and we see it you know how that worked out for him so so now simon uh, gotch is nowhere near a bobby Roode. This is true, you know, but I'm uh, just relating it to, you know, talent, uh, you know, uh, not learning that properly and you can no. have situations yes. like that, right? Yeah. So, now, you know, while we've been kind of discussing this, uh, I've been uh, doing a little bit of digging and finding a little bit more about, uh, you know, the broken uh, gimmick here and finding a bit of an article here. Um, and this is actually right from uh, Matt Hardy's uh, Twitter account here. So this is regarding the legal battle over the broken gimmick. Uh, Matt Hardy is claiming that Impact Wrestling is holding the gimmick hostage from the fans that want to see it. Uh, right from uh, from his Twitter account here, shows that they do not care about the fans at Ed Nornholm, wants to keep my creation, the Broken Universe, hostage from the fans who wish to see it. Yep. So, so yeah, them uh, really claiming ownership of, of that uh, whole deal, you know, or as opposed to, you know, he's, you know, claiming that, you know, he's saying that, you know, that's his. So it's going to be something that's going to be a, a back and forth thing here. But, uh, but yeah, that right from him himself. So. It is. Like I said, it's going to be a huge back and forth probably for a while until we get right down to the bottom of who actually has the rights to broken Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that uh, kind of all unfolds. Now, something that um, I want to kind of look into here, um, having to do with Mr. Kurt Angle, 
and uh, commenting on WWE's wellness policy, which uh, you know, he's had some issues with, uh, you know, n- not always necessarily in WWE, but in some of the companies that he's worked with, because we you know Kurt's had some issues. Yep. You know, when it comes to uh, you know the wellness uh, uh, part of that. Uh, now he's uh, saying uh, WWE has a great wellness policy. Now you have to pass physicals through WWE doctors, not on your own. But back th- back then, I was convincing my doctor to get me back as soon as possible. As long as you were cleared by a doctor in 2003, WWE was okay with it. Now they have their own doctors that you have to go through. Uh, I rushed back in there long before I should have. It was my own fault take, uh, talking to my doctor into clearing me. So basically, uh, ha- the talent now having to go through WWE's doctors and not using their own and them just saying they're okay wouldn't make me necessarily, you know, like in Kurt's situation, they weren't. True. Right? So, so something that's... Uh, I think uh, should be a good thing for the uh, the business, hopefully in the long term. And it's yeah. been it's been that way for for a little bit now. I'd say probably the last five, six, seven years, it's been that way, yeah. uh, where the WWE has had their own doctors to be able to clear people. So it's it's a very very good thing that that's come into being, mm-hmm. um, for reasons like this, hundred yeah. percent. Now speaking more on Mr. Kurt Angle. Uh, the current uh, GM for uh, the Raw brand. Now, let's talk a little speculation with him. Do you see him you know, kind of staying in that role and just kind of being a behind-the-scenes kind of person in the company? Or do you see him having one more match? Or maybe a few more matches? Do you think he's going to dabble back into the in-ring stuff, or do you think he should just kind of just eh, just kind of lay low and you know, do his thing like he's doing right now? Honestly, just don't. Just do what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you you don't need to get in there anymore. You really don't. Why are you going to take away a spot from somebody else that's nope. coming up? I mean, it's I I I do not like when these guys who have gone off and they've gone away and they've retired and stuff like this and they've been put into Hall of Fames, mm-hmm. right? There's there's no reason for you to do that now. Come out and do something like a general manager role. Come out and do something at WrestleMania to, you know, get a pop out of the crowd. That's all you need to do. You don't need to get back into the ring. Leave that for the guys that are trying to make the paycheck to do that now. Oh, I agree 100%. You know, and you, uh, you know, run the risk of, you know, tainting, you know, any kind of legacy that you've had. You know, you put on a bad match with somebody, you know, because you can't quite hang with them anymore. You know, you run the risk of, you know... Honestly, ruining your entire reputation, but you know, ending it on a sour note. Yes, you know, um, kind of somewhere. You know, I know Undertaker not you know retiring and then coming back. You know, but this thing with uh, with Roman Reigns was still kind of eating away at my brain after you know, WrestleMania because I don't think that that's supposed to go the way that. Let's just say that I don't think that uh, the the reaction and everything kind of leaving from that was supposed to happen that way. You know, I think this was going to be like an attempt to try and get Roman over, and it just you know another thing of you know hit not, not happening, and then just people just hating it now because he actually retired the Undertaker. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, I fully agree. You know, so. I've said a hundred percent a lot on this show today, <laughs> but a hundred percent, I agree. Oh man, it's just uh, that's something that's going to be a you know, long lasting bad memory for me because it was exactly what I was hoping that wasn't going to happen. Everybody was hoping that it wasn't going to happen. Everybody was hoping that it was not going to be yeah. Roman Reigns. Yeah. Everybody. I just, I just so wish that you know, just not me, not literally like anybody but him. But I mean, ugh, it's anybody a, but him. But anybody but yeah. him. It's, it's such a for somebody that you know was such a, 
a figure like and just you know from being a young child watching wrestling up until just recently i mean like one of those guys was just like a mainstay for the entire thing to see somebody like that go out on that kind of note like oh so it's, it's a it's a damn shame there's you know that's the nicest way that i can kind of put that so so yeah it's a damn shame it's a damn shame uh, something else uh, kind of popping up here in news articles that I've been kind of looking at. Uh, and very recent, this news as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, wrestlers running for political office, which, I mean, is, is nothing new. Um, you know, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura uh, doing it, doing it successfully, yep. mind you, uh, becoming governor of Minnesota. Um, Kane. Yep. Doing it, uh, not sure. I mean, that's still an ongoing thing. We don't know. As far as I understand, it's still ongoing. Still ongoing. He is so running for mayor. So we'll see if he gets into there. Uh, the Rock, of course, uh, getting obviously kind of winning this, and then knowing The Rock as uh, as we do, wanting to kind of outdo everybody. Mm-hmm. Not, not just running for mayor or running for governor of a particular state. He wants to run for president. We will have. I guarantee you, we will have. The people's president. How surreal would it be to have The Rock running against Donald Trump for president and both of these people being involved in the WWE at some point? Like, it just, uh, the, the, uh, the idea that something like that could possibly happen is just like mind blowing. Do you remember back years ago when. Vince McMahon had this storyline going where, you know, it was the church of Vince McMahon and it was the religion of Vince McMahon. You're seeing it all come to fruition right now. Okay. You're going to see Donald Trump. You're going to see The Rock. These are all guys that have had their hand with Vince McMahon. And they're going to run for the presidency of the United States of America. Mm. And who's going to be their puppet? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Would, so uh, in a roundabout way, man. Vince McMahon will be running the United States of America. That would be... Um, oh. My brain was just going a mile a minute right there. Yeah. <laughs> Not just turning heel on the wrestling business, but on the entire world. Oh, jeez. But yeah, you know what? Honestly, I, I can see The Rock actually doing it. Not just because of what he's done in the WWE, but because of what he's done just in, in Hollywood and for different charities and stuff like that that he's done. And I mean, unfortunately, that seems to be the way that the, uh, you know, the world, uh, not even the world, but yeah, even the world uh, seems to be going is that they're taking these celebrities that they're seeing and they're going, oh, they could be great to run this. They could be great to run that. Mm-hmm. And they're putting them into power. Yeah. So, can he win? I'm sure he can, just because of his name alone. Just up here, like, persona. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, The Rock, you know, getting close, you know, it's, it's it really is tough to make a Hulk Hogan uh, um, comparison here, but it, it's almost getting to that point of where, you know, not only, you know, obviously wrestling fans uh, uh, being aware of The Rock is, but, you know, even people who aren't, wrestling fans know who the rock is now and know you, that he was a wrestler you give it another five ten years mm-hmm. and you go out and ask the generation you know hulk hogan they're not gonna know hulk hogan's name but it's you say the, the rock, rock yeah. they're gonna know the rock absolutely yeah it's gonna happen yep absolutely now something else that i want to kind of mention that's uh i'm pretty sure we've you know, discussed uh occasionally but uh 
you know, the, the possible rumor of Daniel Bryan wrestling again. Now, you know, time, you know, briefly, you know, about a guy kind of going and then coming back. Um, this uh, seems to be coming up again here. So, in a recent interview, uh, Daniel Bryan was asked about wrestling again uh, once his uh, WWE contract expires. And here's what he had to say. So, it uh, all depends on how I feel my health, how I feel my health is, and how my wife feels my health is. That's the important one. Uh, if we feel like my health is good, I love to wrestle, and I'm going to go wrestle. Wow. Brian noted that he understands why WWE won't clear him, but he added, there's good reason to believe that I should be able to wrestle, so we'll see in a year and a half what happens. Well, there we go. Yeah. So, what do you think? Something that he should consider, you know, inside WWE, outside WWE, or just not at all? I know what I think, but... I mean, if... I don't think that Vince McMahon is going to get cheap doctors that are just going to not clear people to wrestle. I, I'm pretty sure that he's going to have a staff of doctors and, or whatever he's got there that are, that are actually going to take into consideration the actual health of these people, the health and wellness of these people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if his specialists and doctors and stuff like that are saying no then I think there's probably a good reason for it, and maybe then you shouldn't. Yep. For me, I mean, as much as I would love to see Daniel Bryan wrestling, even if it's not in WWE, just in some capacity, you know, just with his, with his history, you know, with, with neck injuries especially, I mean, it's something not to really mess around with. I think, you know, you, you left a pretty good legacy there for yourself. I don't think you need to, you know, push your luck. Let's True. Put it that way, yeah. right? You know, because, you know, then, then again, you know, you risk, you know, kind of damaging your reputation and your legacy by, you know, coming back and then, you know, not being fully up to par and then, you know, leaving people going, that's how that's going to end. You know? Yeah. So we really don't want to see that happen to somebody else. Right. So um, let's hope that, uh, you know, he maybe kind of errs on the side of caution, you know, and maybe uh, his wife will tell him, you know, you just, you know, just keep doing your thing there. Right, so you're you're still getting a paycheck. You're still yes. involved in the wrestling business some in some capacity. You just don't need to get in there and get your hands dirty. Like, no, exactly. You can help with you know developing talent and you know that kind of stuff, and you know not have to you know risk you know you know ruining that aspect of that too, right? So and it isn't to say that once his contract with the WWE expires, that he can't go to Ring of Honor and do commentary, or he can't go to you know some of these other shows and. The guy's got a well enough name now that he can go out there and, and ask for, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 for an appearance. And people will pay it just for an appearance and possibly a little bit of autograph, sign, whatever, whatever, right? Like, I mean, he's, he's at that echelon that he can do that. Mm-hmm. He can... Uh, would he? I don't think he would. He'd probably say, you know, give me 10000 and flight. You know, something like that. He, he can do it and he can live comfortably off of just doing that. You know, $10,000 a month. Do one appearance in a, uh, one appearance a month. That's, you could ask for $10,000 and they'll, promoters will get it for him. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, because I mean, especially in the independent scene, you know, he made such a name for himself down there. Exactly. You know, that, uh, you know, he could, you know, definitely go that route, you know, and just be. You know, something to make an appearance and to get a pop of the crowd, you know, and not necessarily have to do a match. No, do that, he doesn't right? have so, to. You know, he can make appearances, you know, like uh, Jake the Snake does and some of these guys. Yeah. So just go there, you know, make an appearance, 
and you know get the reaction from the crowd. That's you know really at that, at that point. I mean, it's you you know it's that 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 I can still work for you if you do it properly. So. Oh yes. Now I think that uh, I'm kind of debating whether to kind of talk briefly about this again. But uh, what makes it kind of interesting to me is that uh, you know it involves an opinion about this from my favorite professional wrestler of all time. You know. So I'm, I'm debating whether or not to, to kind of uh, delve into this a little bit because uh, what I'm hinting, what I'm getting at here is uh, this thing involving uh, Roman Reigns and, and Braun Strowman. This is Stone Cold Austin's opinion about how this is going. So I think we'll we'll get into it here. So uh, him talking, Steve Austin talking about uh, Roman Reigns' potential here. He's saying, "I think Roman Reigns is going to be a big star." He's a star right now, but he's going to be a big star if he just keeps going down the road he's going. And he's going to figure it all out. He's not necessarily just a natural to the business, but he's a very, very good. But he's very, very good, and he's only going to get better. This coming from Stone Cold Steve Austin, like I said, my favorite professional wrestler of all time. And, you know, him seeming to think that, you know, eventually he's going to be good. So, very, very interesting coming from somebody like Steve. Right, so... Again, we come back to now we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin and Jim Ross kind of saying the same Same thing thing. here. What are they seeing that we're missing? I know, right? I wish I could just, like, call up (laughs) JR right now and be like, you know, barbecue sauce buddy, what's going on here? (laughs) What are you seeing in Roman Reigns? Or call up Stone Cold and go, let's meet for a Steve Weiser. Let's talk. If I could, what do you see about Roman Reigns? If I could have a, a sit down and talk with Stone Cold Steve Austin, I would like I would have a fangirl moment. Yes, right? you would. I would just be like, ah. like I would just be like I don't think I could. You, like, you would I could talk. I would just be like, "Who oh, is Steve Austin?" Yeah, yeah, you would because you would. I, I mean because that, you know that's no secret. I mean he's my favorite of all time. I, just again, we've talked about you know what does it take to make it in this business? You need to be able to work in the ring, have the character. And, you know, to be able to speak on that mic and get people to believe you. He had all three of those things. So him saying that he th- thinks that Roman Reigns could eventually be something at some point. Huh, I want to believe him, you know, because, I mean, because I just, you know, like the guy so damn much that um, I just, you know, right now when I look at Roman Reigns and everything that he's done, it's just like, I don't see that. No. I just can't wrap my head around it. You know, and all these top names in the business, believing in him just makes it... That much more confusing for me. You know, yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that's a lot of a WWE kind of stuff now. To kind of end off, because I know you watch a lot more of, of this, you know, than I than, than I kind of get to do. I don't, you know, unfortunately get to watch as much wrestling now as I, as I really would like to. But how are things kind of just briefly in the Ring of Honor and kind of TNA side of things right now? Because I know you, you watch TNA on a regular basis. Yeah, every Thursday it comes on. Yep. And I watch it. It's taped onto the PVR. So, I mean, if you ever want to watch it, it's right there on the PVR. Yep. Um, I They lost a lot of people after Matt and Jeff left. Drew McIntyre. One of the big ones. One of the big names. <laughs> Huge. Uh, Jade. Yes. You know, like, big, big names that they lost. But they haven't let that discourage them. Nope. Because, you know, like, like the Fight Network in Canada came in, and they've, they've essentially purchased full exclusivity of not even TNA anymore. Yeah. 
It's now just Impact Wrestling. They've dropped TNA. Yep. Um, they've dropped the name, stuff like that. It's not even considered anything TNA anymore. It's all Impact Wrestling. So they're trying to go at this from like a fresh start again. Um, bringing back in Jeff and Karen Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Um, we really have seen... Mm, almost nothing of Jeff Jarrett on the shows right now, but they have taken uh, Karen and kind of put her into the role of like general manager uh, of impact wrestling. Um, They brought in some, a couple of older guys too. You're looking like um, Dutch Mantel um, or as those who don't watch TNA, but do watch WWE would know as uh, Zeb Coulter, mm-hmm. uh, the the old guy that was with uh, Jack Swagger, right? Um, so I mean, they they brought in some some older, kind of experienced guys in the wrestling business, um, and have allowed them to kind of storyline, but not storyline have control of the company and they kind of do little vignettes where they show them in the back talking about you know what their how storyline is going and talking about okay they're not really talking about how storyline's going but they're kind of showing a little bit of the backstage workings of you know sit down meetings with these people and how things are going Mm -hmm. so they're really taking a very on the ground approach to yep. be able to kind of build things back up again. Now, they have actually brought back some people as well. I mean, you're looking like Davy Richards, uh, you know, and uh, Angelina Love. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing in, you know, some other new talent to, to kind of bring in to elevate things as well. And they're really working kind of with everybody, no matter how long you've been there or how short of a time you've been there. And they're almost kind of putting everybody at the same level now and going, yeah. okay, now, we're, now we need to rebuild. And you guys are the ones that we've put our trust into to rebuild. Show-wise, I think things are going well for them. Yeah. We it, it, Don't get me wrong. I loved the comedy when Matt and Jeff were doing their, their, their broken stuff and stuff like that going on. I loved it. Yeah. But there's a time for that and there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. And right now isn't the time or place for that. No. So... It, it's nice to see that they're starting to to really grow again. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen any of the new Impact Wrestling since, uh, you know, like the Fight Network kind of came in and took things over, you need to really check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor. Yes. I mean, like, I can't say anything bad really ever about Ring of Honor. They just keep... They just keep on trucking, put on a good product, and you know they they've uh, uh, built up a nice little niche for themselves, and you know put on good shows with good wrestlers that, that gets noticed by the biggest name in the business. That means that you're doing something right. Exactly. At the end of the day. Exactly. You know, and with TNA, with you just saying, you know, they're, they're uh, I like I like their, their approach that they're going with right now. They're they're not trying to do too much too quickly. Nope. Uh, bringing in some uh, good experienced people in the business, like you said with uh, with Mantel and uh, and Jeff Jarrett and whatnot. My only concern there is you know with, with TNA is this petty squabbling going on right right now with like Rebby Hardy and the Hardys and you know with um, you know with Jeff and and some of the the management with TNA. That's my only kind of concern with that. You know, is that with that they need to get that behind them. Because if that gets out of control and gets blown up a portion, could be damaging to, to them as a company as well. 
It definitely could be, so. but we're looking at what, uh, you know, probably four or five months now since like really all of this is, has kind of started. Yep. Um, and even with the whole Hardys and legalities and Rebby and all of this different stuff, right? Like, I mean, it's not, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's more of a battle on Twitter that's been happening, but really has not come into uh, you know, TV or anything like that, right? So it's the important part of that. It is. So it's only those that are really paying attention to it on Twitter mm -hmm. that are getting the rise out of it. And then these, you know, new sites are kind of picking up on whatever's happened on Twitter. Right. Um, but they're still picking up on the good stuff that's happening with Impact mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of showcasing that as well. So that's... these new sites, I got to give credit to as well because they're they're taking a bit of both. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of saying, hey, you know what? Like, look, Impact is doing good. Mm -hmm. They're they're starting to rebuild. They're starting to really do good stuff. But, you know, we do have to kind of mention, you know, Rebby Sky, uh, you know, or Rebby Hardy, um, you know, kind of throwing a little jab at Karen Jarrett. And, you know, you know oh, yeah. Karen Jarrett throwing a little jab back using the F-bomb and, you know, different different stuff like that. That, yes, legit has happened. Yep. Um, but it's all been on Twitter and it, and these news sites. Nothing comes into the show. No, and that's good. You know, I say to uh, teenagers, you know, um, you know, focus on the positive impact uh, on what uh, what makes your company good. Don't the temptation is probably there to incorporate that into storylines and to, to make kind of jabs there. But in my personal opinion, they don't need to go there with that. No, they don't because now you're gonna uh, try and go head to head with uh, WWE and uh, with that respect and with that kind of thing. If, if they choose to go down that path, Vince is going to blow them out of the water. So don't even go there because you don't need to. Nope. Just leave it alone. Do your thing. You know, let, in my opinion, just let, 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 let Vince, let WWE have that. For me, bigger picture, that one thing isn't worth it to sacrifice you know, what your, no. your company could be at this point. No, it's Let not. it go. In my opinion, just let it go. Yep. Focus on, on what makes your company good and let that be. That's all you need to do. Exactly. All right, I think that's a good note to, to kind of end off on there. A good discussion at the end. Uh, let's end off with some music, as we always do here. A kind of an interesting one today. This is kind of a uh, bit of probably an obscure tune for a lot of people, but uh, this is something that uh, you know I, I can remember from uh, being younger and uh, being a fan of Canadian music. Uh, this is from uh, you know the late '80s. Actually, that's the the album for this uh, came out in 1989. I would have been nine years old at the time. Uh, listening to a lot of radio and everything at this time, and. Uh, um, this guy kind of branching off on his own was a, the lead singer of a, a band called Max Webster. You may or may not be familiar with that if you're a fan of Canadian music, but he did his own I think for a little while, and he's kind of you know, recently kind of branched out. I think he's done some radio work. He's uh, become like a radio DJ and has kind of been around a mainstay in the uh, Canadian music industry, so I think this is a good uh, tune to kind of uh, end off our show here today with a little Kim Mitchell, and this song is called Rockland Wonderland, and we'll see you guys next time. Ciao. Suggestion, we all live for some dreams.